Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. So good to see everybody in the house of the Lord this Romans chapter 12, verse. Bible freezes thus. As a matter of fact, can y'all do me a favor? Just repeat after me. Lord, give me ears to hear and a heart to receive. Amen. I believe what Minister Chantel said this morning. I don't know if we're distracted this morning, but I'm going to have ears and hearts to receive. The Bible declares, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, somebody say the love of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, somebody say how holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Somebody say this talk to me. You may receive it in the presence of it. I want to minister from this subject, sanctified, the will of God. Somebody said being sanctified is the will of God. Yeah, it's the will of God for your life. And the sad reality is that we're living in a time where many churches and believers want to be more relevant than righteous. I, I need to say that again because I, I need us to hear what I have to say this morning and what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. We're living in a season and a time where believers and churches want to be more relevant than they want to be righteous. And even more, we have many in the body of Christ that are seeking after and sitting under people that have platforms, but are not purified. Many people chase after platforms, but I don't want to listen to nobody with a platform that ain't purified. We've got people that sit under and seek up after people that can draw a crowd, but are still carnal. I don't want to hear from a preacher and I don't want to be in the midst of people. It might be a crowd, but if you're carnal, I don't want no parts of it. I don't know about y'all, but people will sit under that and we sit under and seek after people who speak well, but they're not sanctified. I, I want to be righteous. Tell your neighbor, I want to be righteous. The church and believers have been more satisfied with a form of godliness. And watch this. God is satisfied with your sanctification. We've been satisfied if we got everything together, if the children's church look a certain way, if the praise team sang a certain way, if the preacher dressed and drive a certain way, we've been okay with a form of godliness. But somebody say the devil is a lie. If I want God to be satisfied with my life, I cannot settle for a form of godliness. God is satisfied, somebody say, with my sanctification. Yeah, with my sanctification. And notice this, notice how the amplified version of Hebrews 12, 14 puts it. The Bible says, continually pursue peace with everyone. But here's the peace. Some of y'all don't want to pursue peace with everybody. That's one. That's a whole nother sermon series. But then it says, and the sanctification, watch this, with which, without which no one will ever see the Lord. Someone say, I've got to be sanctified. So in other words, if I want to see God, if I want to see him face to face, Somebody say, I've got to be sanctified. Some people be lying when they say they seen God. I don't know if you seen God because you're not sanctified. This means, watch this, your access to God is not determined by how well you pray. Your access to God is not determined by how well you preach. And your access to God is not determined even by how well you prophesy. It's by how much you're purified. Someone say, go get purified. And here's the sad reality. That many in the church will have you believe that because of their gifts, they're close to God. Y'all know that? We get enamored by gifts because they can pray well. Oh, they must know God really well because they can preach. I know they got to be closer to God than me because they can prophesy. But someone say the devil is a lie. It's not dependent upon your gifts, but someone say how clean you are. Yeah, how clean you are, how clean you are. Your access to God is determined by how clean you are. And this is why I said this. And I be saying, how do I, how do you know, Pastor Keith? I'm just saying it don't seem that way. How do you know? Watch what it says in Psalm chapter 23, verse 3 through 4. 
The Bible says, who may ascend to the hill of the Lord or who may stand in a holy place? Watch this. Some, the Bible says, he who has clean hands. Somebody say clean hands and a pure heart. So I'm not going to get enamored by somebody's gifts. I'm not going to get enamored by how well they do X, Y, and Z in the church. I'm not going to even get enamored by the crimes. But somebody say, I need to be more clean. Yeah, yeah, the enemy will have us believing that because of some external quality that people are close to God. But somebody say, it's an internal work. Yes, yeah, an internal work. Man, many, here's the other thing that the enemy will have you to believe and what we've fooled ourselves into believing. We want to dress up the outside, but don't deal with the inside. And we can fool a lot of folk with the outside, but this is why the Bible says that men look at the outward appearance. But God looks at, somebody say, my heart. So you fooling a lot of people, but somebody say, you ain't fooling God. Yeah, you can fool a whole bunch of people, but you ain't fooling God. And here lies one of the greatest tragedies in the body of Christ. Many believers have made both their priority and their pursuit, watch this, to hear from God. Some of us, we don't want to be clean. We just want to hear from God. We just want a word. God, I don't do nothing else for me. I just want a word from you. Many of us have made our pursuit and our priority the hand of God. We just want what God can provide. The only reason I'm in church, the only reason I'm on my face is because I just want what God can give me. And watch this. Many believers, I'm trying to help y'all this morning, even for the help of God. We just want God to move in our life when it's convenient for us. I don't do God until I get to a low place. I don't do God until I'm in a place where I don't need anybody else but God. And that we've made that both a priority and our pursuit. Somebody say the devil is alive. But not many watches had made the holiness of God their pursuit and their power. And I'm not saying none of this is wrong. I'm not saying that to hear from God, to have the hand of God, to get the help of God is wrong. But we've got to have our priorities in order. In other words, holiness should be my pursuit. Someone say holiness. See, I know y'all, the old church used to say holiness is still right. Tell your neighbor holiness is, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break this thing down because I don't want nobody to lose their lose a mind saying, Pastor Keith, I can't obtain that. Someone say, yes, you can. Many believers have not made holiness their pursuit and priority. So the question we got to ask ourselves is, what does it mean to be sanctified? Y'all know in the, they used to say the holiness church. But what does it really mean to be sanctified? This word sanctification in Hebrews 12, 14 is this Greek word, hagia amos. And it means, watch this, to be set apart. Somebody say set apart. To consecrate. Somebody say, in other words, and watch this, even more in the process of advancing in holiness. So despite what you may believe, you can advance in holiness and you should be advancing in holiness. One of the saddest tragedies that I ever see in the body of Christ is that somebody could have been saved 20 years ago and they still the same way when they first got saved. Somebody say that's a problem. No, if I'm going to be saved on yesterday, tomorrow, watch this, I should be better than I was on yesterday. So there, there should be some level, some say of advancement. Yeah, I don't want nobody to see me when I was, when I first got saved. And, and they say, Keith, you still the same way. Somebody say, uh, so we should be advancing in sanctification. And I want to break this down because I want to make this clear before I really dig into my sermon series. But I need us to understand something about sanctification. Let's go to the next screen. I, this is some just theological groundwork for us. There is, a, there is positional sanctification. In other words, sanctification by faith. In other words, when I get saved, I'm no longer an enemy to God. Y'all hear what I'm saying? So by faith, I'm no longer a sinner, but I'm now a saint. So positionally, this is why the Bible says that he who knew no sin became sin for us, that, I, that we might be made the righteousness of God. So as soon as you get saved, I'm no longer an enemy to God. Somebody say, I'm not an enemy to God. So there's this thing that's called positional sanctification. And here's why I say this. Because when God looks at us, he doesn't see sin. He sees his son. Did y'all catch what I just said? So positionally, I'm sanctified. And then there's this thing called perfected sanctification. In other words, I'm sanctified fully when I get to glory. Somebody say, when I get to glory. Because here's the thing about while I'm still in the earth, I'm still wrapped in flesh. 
And the Bible says that in this flesh dwells no good thing. So as much as I want to be perfect in God, I can't be perfect in God on the earth. Y'all hear what I'm saying? And then 1 Corinthians 15 verse 42 talks about this new body that we receive in glory. So I need us to say with me, there's positional sanctification. God doesn't see his sin. He sees his son because of the work on the cross. Then there's perfectly sanctification. In other words, until I'm no longer wrapped in flesh, I'm not perfected in sanctification until I get the glory. And then watch this. Then there's progressive sanctification. Some might say progressive. Second Corinthians chapter seven, verse one, notice what it says. It says, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. Watch this, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. If I have a level of reverence for God, then there's something when you revere God that makes you say, I gotta live more holy. When I know I serve a holy God, I cannot remain the same way. So in other words, as long as I'm walking with God, someone say, that's the key. A lot of people not walking with God. Because if I walk with a holy God, there's no way that I can remain the same. So I should always, if I'm in this journey with God, I'm progressing in my sanctification. Somebody say, that means I ain't got it all together. But I'm trying. Somebody say, so this sermon series is not about positional sanctification. We know what that is. This is not about perfected sanctification. Somebody say, Pastor Keith is not asking you to be perfect. But what God is asking of us is to progress in our sanctification. We all, we, y'all stand with me? Because I don't want nobody to be confused. It, holiness is still right, but some say, I need to at least be trying. So this is the focus that we'll take throughout this sermon series, that we access sanctification, that we abide in sanctification, but better yet, that we abound. In other words, somebody say grow. Yeah, yeah so we should be growing in holiness. Because what we have access to in God, watch this, is determined by our ability to grow in sanctification. I need y'all to hear me and hear me good. The reason why many people tap into certain things in God is because they abound in sanctification. My ability to get closer to God, to get closer to a holy God, to have access to the holy things of God is determined by my holiness in God. Did y'all hear that? So as much as I want from God, it's not about how much you can lay on your face. Somebody say it's not about that because people have gotten disciplined about laying on their face for a million days. You know how to turn over the plate for a million days, but you're still nasty to fall. And if I want to access the things of God, someone say I've got to lay some stuff down. So here's the only reason I'm not trying to berate none of us. I'm not trying to beat us down with this series. Watch what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get us to access the things of God. Some say, I want to access the things of God. That's, that, that, that's all I want y'all to do on, from this sermon series. So not positionally, not just perfected, but progressively. Every believer grows in holiness. We should be growing in holiness while on the earth. And I believe our foundational text reveals why this progressive sanctification, watch this, it's the will of God. Some say it's the will of God for my life. And despite what the enemy has told many, being saved is not enough. I need to say that as somebody say, tell your neighbor, being saved ain't enough. I know they told you to get saved and you should get saved, but if someone say it's not enough, the enemy has caused many to believe that they can be saved and continue to sin. Oh, but the devil is a lie. This is why many believers have justified their sin. We justify why I did this. You don't know what my mama did to me. You don't know what I've been through. The reason you don't even know what they did to me. And somebody said, we justify sin. That's a trick of the enemy. Here's the other thing. People say, you can't judge me. Only God can judge me. Don't judge my sin. Somebody say, that's a trick of the enemy. I said, that's a trick of the enemy. I got one pastor running around talking about he done slept with about half the church and he around here telling folk that they just slandering my name. Somebody say that's a trick of the enemy. That's a trick of the enemy. He wants us to progress in sanctification. I wish I would be up here justified that I done slept with some folk in the church and my wife sitting in there doing children's church. Somebody say that's a trick of the enemy. Yeah, pastors doing crazy stuff, being tricked by the enemy. That's foolishness, y'all. This is why throughout this sermon series, we're going to examine we're going to ask the Lord to sanctify us. Oh, we're going to look at 
how sanctified, being sanctified is going to cause us. It washes. It's a requirement to worship God. Sanctified washes. It's, it's washes. I need us to hear this and hear this real good. Is really the work of God. Many times people get frustrated with sanctification because they try to do it on their own. And then watch this, sanctified gives us access to the wonders of God. If I want God to really do some things in my life, I would say sanctify yourself for on tomorrow. I'm going to do great and mighty works in you. If I want God really to do miracles, someone say I got to sanctify myself. But I want us to understand none of that is going to matter. None of that is going to cause us to get the end of that if we don't understand how sanctification is the will of God. It's the will of God for every believer to be sanctified. Huh? So being saved, somebody say it one more time, being saved ain't enough. Uh, we got to be saved and sanctified. That's why the old saints used to say, I'm saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. Somebody say sanctified. That's why the old saints said it ain't enough to just be saved. So my prayer this morning is that we glean wisdom from our text so that we can understand God's will for our sanctification might be revealed. So let's examine the text. Notice what the first portion of the text says. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, the mercies of God. You alluded to this, Minister Chantel. He's faithful. When you've experienced the presence of a holy God, it should push you to holiness. If you've ever been in God's presence just for a little bit, it should, somebody say, push you to holiness. Yeah, yeah. And the unwillingness of a believer to pursue holiness, watch this, may be a direct reflection of their failure to be in the presence of a holy God. If you have an unwillingness, no, that part of me ain't going to change. That part of me, nobody can't tell me nothing. I know what it says in the Bible, but I ain't going to change that for nobody. That reveals that you may have a failure to be in the presence of a, watch this, holy God. I, it ain't no way you can be in the presence of a holy God and somebody say, still say the same. Oh, no, I ain't going to. His presence alone should want me to be more holy. So therefore, for those that struggle to be sanctified, the question you got to ask yourself is, have I seen them? Ask your neighbor, have you seen them? Yeah, if, if, because there's no way, there's no way you can struggle with saying, when you've even experienced a modicum of God, let's say I go, I'm going to say the same way. When to know that he pulled you out of the miry clay, when you know the life that you used to live and he's faithful, he saved an unfaithful wretch like me. There's no way I can say the same. Ooh, somebody say, it's no way. I don't know about you, but it's no way. And here, I'm going to give you a Bible. Notice what the prophet, the response of the prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 5, when he saw the Lord. He said, woe is me, for I am undone, because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. In other words, the presence when you've been in the presence of God, it's going to reveal your condition. Listen, I know you may not examine yourself. You may, folk may not be able to see it. But when you get into God's presence, it reveals your condition. But here's the thing. It's one thing to be complacent with your condition. But Isaiah said, I'm a man undone. I've seen the Lord. So in other words, I'm not going to be complacent with my condition. Because hear this. I know we've had folk call us out in stuff that we've done, but we still get complacent in it. I know I'm nasty with my tongue. I know that I don't give like I should. I know I'm selfish and I'm full of pride and folk call me out. So you can know your condition and still be complacent. Did y'all hear what I just said? So folk can call you out and you can be complacent about that thing. I don't care. I know I'm like that and I'm going to be like that to the day I die. Y'all heard folks say that. But when you get into God's presence, uh, someone say, I can't say the same. In other words, Isaiah did not say that he was a man undone with a sense of pride. He said, I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell amongst the people with unclean lips. Someone say he couldn't say the same because of his, because he saw the Lord. In other words, he had a desire to be made clean. Someone say, get into his presence. So the question we got to ask ourselves if we say we've seen God, what's our response to God? The reason why sanctification is the will of God for God's people is because it's our response to God. In other words, what do you really say about God if you can still say the same way when you saw him? 
Somebody say, I can't stay the same. And the reality is, watch this, when many sense the presence of God, we do one of, one of two things. We either pursue holiness or we hide. Did y'all hear what I just said? Whenever we sense the presence of God, we either do one or two things. We pursue holiness or we try to hide. Somebody say, you try to hide. I ain't even gonna say hide, just somebody say, try to hide. And then, and don't believe me, ask Adam. Consider Adam and Eve's response after they sinned and sensed the presence of God in Genesis 3 and 8. Notice what the Bible says. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. And as it was, watch this for Adam and Eve, so it is for many believers. Many don't want to be holy because many want to hide their sin. You got folk in the church that in the, that's in the choir that know how to hide their sin. You got folk in pulpits that look like they got it all together, but some say they're hiding their sin. And somebody say, try. Yeah, they trying to hide their sin. I don't know about nobody else, but here's this. You can't hide your sin from folk that's been in the presence of God. This is why a lot of pastors get over on a lot of people because the people are not in the presence of God. Because when I've been in his presence, I know where sin is evidence. Listen, we've, this is why sheep get so deceived. Yeah, but I, are you still sitting underneath that? Tell them to get in the presence of God. Huh? And the reality is, watch this. Here's a word of wisdom. We have many believers that attempt to hide their sin, not only from the presence of God, but from God's people. Folk will try to hide their sin, but here's the reality. You can't hide your sin from God, and you can't hide your sin from God's people. See, that's the indicative word. It's God's people. Because watch this. God is omnipresent. You can see that in Psalm 139. The Bible says, where can I go where your presence is not? He's everywhere. Somebody say he's everywhere. But also, you can't hide your sin from God's people. Somebody say, as long as I've been in his presence. Watch what the beginning portion of Galatians 5.19 declares. Now the works of the flesh are evident. You ain't fooling nobody. God sees you in your flesh and somebody say, so do we. Yeah, so do we. Listen, I don't say nothing to everybody, but I see you in your sin. I see you in your flesh. Because somebody say, it's evident. Y'all will know. I don't care what nobody say. Y'all will know if I'm off. I, somebody say, as long as I've been in God's presence, there's going to be something off about Pastor Keith when he's been in sin. You know when people been in, listen, there's times where I know some of y'all, so somebody say, some of y'all, I ain't gonna look at nobody, but that you've been in sin. Because somebody say, it's evident. So here's what I'm trying to say. Why are you trying to hide something that you have the inability to hide? God exposes it, watch this, so that we might be redeemed. So in other words, if I'm gonna be in, God, you don't expose it. I'm going to try to walk in and I'm going to try to fool the saints, but I know some of them have been with God. So I might as well try to get holy. This is why people don't want to come to the altar no more. Because they think it's exposing something. Somebody say, no, it's not. We already saw it. We already saw it. We waiting on you. I'll be up here waiting like when you come in. And God is saying, I'm waiting on you. Somebody say, because it's the will of God for your life. This is what I, as somebody, we got to stop hiding what we need to sanctify because that should be our response to a holy God. This is why a foundational text says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. In other words, Paul was saying that we should be compelled to be holy even when we simply just seen the hand of God. Listen, when, when I know God has been so good to me, and here's what I need us to understand. The Bible says, even our righteousness is as filthy rags. In other words, no matter how hard I try, I still fall short of a holy God. So what Paul is saying, he's saying, just because God has been that good to you, that should make you say, God, I got enough holy. I, I got to try better than I was on yesterday. God, I got to be more, someone say, like you. Oh, God, when God can keep your lights on and you know you've been nasty to folk, that should make you want to be more holy. When God can provide for you when you know you've been stingy with your giving, that should make me want to be more holy. When I know that I have not been the best husband and, my, and God calls my wife not to walk out on me, 
Somebody say I should be more holy. Now that should make me want to be more holy. I, just because of the hand of God, I don't need to see his face. I just need to see his favor. And that should compel me to be, somebody say sanctify. Watch what 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 14 through 15 says, for the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus if one died for all, all, then all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. God said, yo behind, really, we say he thought I was worth saving. Y'all know he thought I was a die for. No, he really did not. Did y'all hear what I just said? He really didn't. We were not worthy of the sacrifice that he did on the cross. We've got to get that in our mind. And because I know that I really was not worthy of the love that he displayed on the cross, this is why the Bible says that God demonstrated his love and that while we were yet sinners, we were not worthy of his son dying for us. So because he died for us, I should at least so I say live for him. That's the least we should do. And that's all God is trying to get us. What is your response to me? Your inability to live holy says a lot about what you think about God. Did y'all hear what I just said? Your unwillingness to lay some sins down, say what you really think about God. Somebody say it should be my response. So here's the next portion of our text, and I'm going to get out your way because I know I think I'm losing a lot of y'all. Watch what the Bible says, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy. Every seed is an indication of the source. Did y'all hear what I just said? Every seed is an indication of the source. And it is no different for those that call themselves the seed of God. Righteousness is a reflection of who we belong to. Ask your neighbor, who do you belong to? Consider what Ephesians 1 verses 4 through 5 says. And just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him, in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. This means you can't be yourself a son of God if you have not been sanctified by God. That, I'm just making that plain. You can't call yourself a son or a daughter of God if you have not been sanctified by God. Someone said, go somewhere and get sanctified. Because watch this, because flesh is not of the Father. I know, you, I know you thought it was, but it's not of the Father. Carnality is not of Christ. It's, uh, somebody say it's not of Christ. And sin is not of the Spirit. So therefore, if you're unwilling to kill your flesh, then you may need to question who you belong to. And I need y'all to understand something. You can only belong to one or two fathers. You can belong to the Father of heaven and earth, or you can belong to the Father of lies. I hope y'all caught what I just said. That should be a sobering reality that I only have two spiritual fathers, either the father of heaven and earth or the father of lies. So I say, who is your daddy? Yeah, who your daddy is? Because telling you, some of y'all, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. Watch what 1 John 3, 9 says. The Bible says, whoever has been born of God does not sin, for a seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. I don't get caught up in that because some of us still sin. In other words, there should be, sin should not no longer be our desire. In other words, that's what the Bible said. If, I'm, if the seed of God is in me, if I'm the seed of God, then I should not be longing and living for sin, but I should be living for him. Someone say, I need to be living for him. Yeah, this means, watch this, sanctification is a byproduct of those who are the seed of God. Even more, if I declare I live for God, then there, there must be some sins that I eventually lay down. Did y'all hear what I just said? I want to make this just plain. At some point, if I say I live for God, some sins I just need to lay down. I know my wife, she used to like how I used to dress. She used to like how I used to have earrings in my ear. She used to like all of that. But some stuff I had to lay down because I live for God. I hope y'all heard what I just said. There's some conversations that I just can't have no more. I love my homeboys from high school, but there was some stuff I got to lay down. If I live for God, if I'm the seed of God, I can't be just chilling with everybody. Therefore, we got to examine what sins have we laid down since we've been saved. Listen, they got something in the academic world. It's called your transcripts. In other words, it shows 
what you're proficient in and what classes you've taken and what you've passed. We've got to do a transcript on our lives. Uh, so what, since I've graduated, since I now am in the marvelous light, what sins have I laid down? Oh, that's a good, I had somebody come in, come to me today and said that they laid down some sins. And I said, glory to God that you laid down some sins. And we sealed that thing with prayer. That should be our continual testimony that I can say that there's some stuff that I laid down. I love to tell folks some stuff that I let me, someone say, down. Yeah, if you're still lying since you've been saved, if you're still lusting since you've been saved, if you're still living deep in sin since you've been saved, you might watch this not be his seed. I hope y'all caught what I just said. You still lying, you still lusting, you still living deep in sin, you might not really be his seed. So we've got to ask ourselves, what sin have you laid down? And some sins are more harder and more difficult to lay down than others. I get all of that. There's layers to sin. Somebody said there's layers to sin. People don't like to say that. We love to say that every sin is like the same sin as sin. Yes, to a degree, it, we all miss the mark. But the Bible even speaks about when one, when we cast out one evil spirit, then seven more and more wicked, it brings seven more and more wicked to them. And that man is in a worse state than he was at the beginning. In other words, that's, now I've got to defeat these other strongholds that I'm wrestling with. So we say every sin ain't the same. Yeah, every sin ain't the same. Some sins require an accountability partner. Some sins require that I lay my face on the altar. There's some stuff that I can just drop off and say, I'm not going to do that no more. But there's some sins I got to call on the elders. So I know what you're saying, that your sin is sin, but somebody say some sins are more difficult. In other words, I've got to work on what God gives me grace to work on. I lay this one down and I lay this one down and then I'm able to pull on the elders and the mothers of the church to help me lay this one down. And then I got to call on my pastor and say, pastor, we got to fast and pray concerning this one so that I might lay it down. But I should look a trail in my journey of sins that I've laid down. Ask your neighbor, what sins have you laid down? Yeah, what sins have you laid down? This is why. Watch what 1 John chapter 3, verse 10 says. I need us to see something. Oh, before we get there, watch this. We, this is why the Bible speaks of us as ambassadors of Christ. Somebody say ambassadors. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 16 says, Be holy, for I am holy. Uh, so in other words, the reason why sanctification is the will of God for the be believer is because it's a reflection of God. If I'm his seed, I'm a reflection of him and the earth. Minister Chantel prayed it over Caden that Caden made the bad now name proud. In other words, Caden is a reflection of me. When I send him to school, it's not just a reflection of him. It's a reflection of me as a parent. So when God says, I save you, I send you out in the earth as a reflection of me. So he's going to look down on me and say, are you really a reflection of me? And this is why he calls us ambassadors. Some might say ambassadors. And in the natural, hear this, ambassadors are representations of Christ. And, and whoever that sending nation is, they represent that nation. Some might say that's an ambassador. But I need us to understand this concerning God. Not only do we serve as representations of God, but when we're an ambassador, we're called to represent Christ. Y'all heard what I just said? Not only do I represent him, but I represent him. So when somebody sees me, they should see Christ in me. So what do we show people when, we, when they see us? Do we really represent Christ? Sanctification. So I say sanctification. Here's what 1 John chapter 3, verse 10 says. And this the children of God and the children of the devil are made manifest. Watch this. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not, of, is not of God, nor is he who does not love his, his brother. If I do not practice righteousness, I'm not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. This means your desire, or better yet, lack thereof to be sanctified might reveal that you belong to the devil. Those that don't care about being sanctified, those that say, this sin I'm going to just keep and I'm going to ride with this, no, don't worry about me. Don't judge me. I'm going to get it right when I get the glory. Somebody say that's a sad reality. 
because it reveals something about you and it reveals, some are say, who your daddy is. That's a sad tragedy, y'all. This is why it should be every believer's desire. I want to look like God. I don't know about y'all, but I want to be a reflection of my father. I want my father to be pleased with me. So here's the critical questions we got to ask ourselves. Who does our character, and I'm sorry, that's a typo. That should say our character, reveal that we belong to. Who does it? Who does it? Our character, who, who we display, our, what we display in the earth. Who does it say we belong to? Does how we live reflect that we belong to God? Would somebody who does not know you say you belong to God? That's a simple question. Go ask your coworker. Do you, who you think I belong to? The father of lies or the father of heaven and earth? That, somebody say the world will tell you. The world really will tell you. And this is why we're reminded in Genesis 1.11, every seed will produce more of its own kind. If we're the seed of God, then we should produce what God produces. And that is holiness. I'm not saying, listen, I need to say this and say this real good. I'm not saying we got it all together. So I'm going to say, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying that every day, well, you know how a son looks up to their daddy. They want to walk in their daddy's shoes. That should be the same pursuit. You may never be able to fit your daddy's shoes, but you're trying to look more like him day after day. Somebody say that's how it should be with our Heavenly Father. So I'm almost done, y'all. It should be our response to God, sanctification. Sanctification is also a reflection of God. If I'm going to birth you in the spirit, I need you to look like me, at least in the spirit. That's what God is saying. That's why it's his will. And watch this. Here's my last point. That will be out your way. The Bible says acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. I made mention of this in my introduction, but holiness gives us access to God because holiness is what is accepted by God. Someone, God accepts holiness. Somebody say he accepts holiness. Yeah. So this means God is well pleased with the believer that is purified. This is why sanctification is God's will for every believer. Because if I want to receive by God, someone say I've got to be sanctified. I've got to be sanctified. Our pursuit of sanctification. And here's the good news. I need y'all to see this word that I just used. Somebody say my pursuit is what pleases God. Did y'all catch that? Not that I'm perfect, but my pursuit. Somebody say my pursuit. So God is saying, I don't need you to be perfect. I just need you to be in pursuit. That's good news to me, y'all. And the enemy wants you to condemn yourself because you're not perfect. But God says, I'm just well pleased when you're in pursuit. Oh, that's good news, y'all. That I'm just got to be in pursuit of sanctification for God to be pleased with us. This means, watch this, not that we've arrived, but that we're after sanctification. Not that we're sinless, but that we're seeking sanctification. And not that we're perfect, but that we're pursuing sanctification. Somebody say being pursued. This is why a lot of people don't like to do church, because church has made you believe that you need to be perfect. God ain't looking for you to be perfect. I told y'all that you'll never be perfect until you get the glory. So why do we put these kind of stipulations on God's people? God's saying, I just need you to be in pursuit. One of the things that makes me so upset as a pastor is not that people aren't perfect, but that people aren't in pursuit. Would you even come to church if you ain't in pursuit? Why would you dress up and spend an hour and a half of your time if you're not in pursuit? Why would you come to church as service after church service if you're not in pursuit? Why did you waste my time for lunch if you're not in pursuit? If we're going to do all of this, I'm saying, let's be in pursuit. Or I could have ate lunch with my wife. I'm mad upset at somebody right now because I done spent so many time trying to disciple them and they're not even in pursuit. Because the enemy wants you to believe that God is only pleased when you're perfect, but all we have to be is in pursuit. So the critical question we got to ask ourselves, geez, are you in, in pursuit of sanctification? Are you at peace? Trying, I say just try. And this is why this is going to be so critical, y'all, because sanctification is not your work. It's a work of God. But God needs to partner with you in the work. And all God said, I just need you to be in pursuit. Uh, he can't do it. He can't do nothing with nobody that ain't at least trying. So maybe the reason you have not seen any effort is because you ain't trying. Someone say you ain't trying. 
That's a sad tragedy, y'all. Because it's important to know that watches sanctification is not only the believer's mandate, but sanctification is their minimum. So how do I know? The latter portion of our foundational text says this concerning sanctification, which is your reasonable service. This means the least you can do for God is to be in pursuit of sanctification. Oh, I need y'all to catch that. The, here's the sad reality. Many believers want God to move mountains on their behalf, but many believers are unwilling to do the minimum for God. We want God to do all of this in our life and God say, you can't even do the minimum for me. We come to the church when we need God to move mountains and God says, I need you to do, somebody say, the minimum. It's some folk today in church that I need in church today. I pray they listen to this message because they come crying to the church when they need God to move and they won't even do the minimum. But because God is merciful, because God is still faithful, he'll move on your behalf anyway. He, he, somebody say he gives me grace, but grace does run out. He will extend grace, but I want to, when I know that God will move mountains when I'm raggedy, it should make me do the minimum. I don't know about nobody else, but that thing needs at least do a minimum. There's days, and I done told y'all, the pastor don't even want to come to church, but I'm going to do the minimum. God, I don't need you giving up on me. I'm going to do the minimum every day, y'all. I be wanting to go to the beach, sip me a little drink, but I'm going to do the minimum. I'm at least trying, y'all. Some Sundays, I just be, I be trying, I be trying. This is why we must take hold of what Hebrews 12, 14 admonishes us. To continue to pursue peace with everyone and the sanctification. Means just keep trying. Continually just, someone say just try. Because God receives the righteous. The righteous. In other words, those who seek after sancti their sanctification. So those that struggle to pursue sanctification must ask themselves, do you want the Lord to be well pleased with you? Plain and simple. Do you want God to at least be well pleased with you? And here's the good news about this. He is well pleased. That word means well pleased. He's well pleased when we just try. It is, it, you don't have to do a whole lot to please God. Somebody say, just try. I don't know about that should have made, that should have lifted a lot of burdens off of folk. That all I got to do is just try. And God says he's well pleased because the Lord is pleased with those that pursue sanctification. I'm done, y'all. I really am done. Listen to this. Although we may not like this, somebody say holiness is still right. It's still right. And the reason it's still right is because holiness is the will of God for my life. It's the will of God. In other words, it's, it's holiness is still required by God. Yet it's important to know that sanctification should not be seen as legalism. The church has made sanctification look like a set of rules. And as soon as I don't do the rules right, I'm no longer seen right in the eyes of God. And this is how the church has messed us up. Someone say it's not legalism. This is why you got churches where women can't wear pants and you got women can't wear makeup and you can't wear no hat to church. Someone say that's legalism. It's the outward appearance of our, it's someone say it's a form of godliness. I want God to do this internal work in me. So even if I mess up, because somebody say I will mess up. I don't care who you are. I don't care what title you got. As long as you're wrapped in flesh, no good thing dwells in your flesh. So at some point you're going to mess up. But the good news is that I get back up. This is why the Bible says a just man will fall seven times. Somebody say a just man. He calls the man that falls just because he gets back up in pursuit. So all I've got to do, somebody say, get back up again. Yeah, Donnie McClurkin, he was singing that thing. All we got to do is get back up again. And now watch this. This means it causes us to live in the will of God. But being sanctified is the will of God. It's the will of God. It's not about me being perfect. It's about me being in pursuit. And we must be reminded that sanctification should be the response to our God. If I've been in the presence of a holy God, it should make me want to get my life together. Ooh, it should just make me because God, you've been too good to me not to just move and make myself more holy and like you. Sanctification is a reflection of God. If I call myself the seed of God, I should want to look like God 
do you represent God? And sanctification causes us to be received by God. The Bible says, let no flesh glory in my presence. If I want to be in the presence of God, someone say I need to be more holy. And notice this, I believe verse two of our foundational text reveals why sanctification is the will of God. It's the will of God. We may get all of that and we may say, ooh, thank you, Pastor Keith. That's great to know that's the will of God. But notice what the Bible says. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. That means sanctification is the will of God because sanctification, watch this, produces the revelation of God. This is why I need y'all to hear me. People can be in churches that are packed and there's so much evil in the church. People can be around those that call themselves believers and prophets and bishops and get deceived. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Because if I'm not sanctified, God gives me no revelation. The Bible says that you may know the perfect and pleasing will of God when you're sanctified. I'll never be lost in this journey as long as I'm pursuing sanctification. God will always reveal his perfect and pleasing will to the one that's sanctified. Someone say, I don't need a prophet. Someone say, I don't need a bishop. Those things have their place for the Bible says in Ephesians 4.11 that he gave some. But I don't, that, those aren't dependent upon me walking in the will of God. Did y'all hear what I just said? I need y'all to hear that and hear me real good. Pastor Keith is not dependent upon me walking in the will of God. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? We get so enamored with people and their gifts that we make people dependent upon us walking in the will of God. God says, if you pursue holiness, if you pursue sanctification, shall I say, he'll give me revelation. Wait. You'll know his pleasing and perfect will. But I need us to understand that you will never know his pleasing and perfect will if you never pursue, somebody say sanctification. Not who your pastor is, not who your prophet is, not who your bishop is, not who whatever you want to call them, not who your prayer partner is, someone say, me in pursuit of holiness. Let's stand to our feet. Somebody say, Lord, sanctify me. Whew. This is going to hurt a lot of prophets because I'm hurting their pockets because they think that they are dependent upon you walking in the will of God. Somebody say, the devil, help us today, God. Father, we thank you. God, we honor you on today. God, I thank you, God, for these people, God that are here. I'm not laying hands on nobody. I'm not putting oil on nobody. None of that is dependent upon us walking in sanctification. Father, God, we, God, as your word declares, you beseech us by the very mercies of God. God, that we present ourselves a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable in our sight. God, we stand here, God, as living sacrifices. We are presenting ourselves to you. God, for this is the will of God for us in Christ Jesus. Help us, God, to be more holy. God, let us examine ourselves, God. What sins, God, have we failed to lay down? Help us on today. God, if we've never been in your presence, God, somebody say that's a problem. Help us to get into your presence, God. For God, no man can be in your presence and remain the same. God, the prophet Isaiah said, I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell amongst the people of unclean lips. Help us, God, to see your presence, God. Because when we're in your presence, God, we know our condition. Reveal to us our condition. This pastor is not exempt, God. There's some areas in my life that do not look like you. Reveal them to me. God, no minister in this place, God. No, no lay member in this place is exempt, God. Help us to understand the conditions of our internal man, our spirit. Reveal them to us, God. And when you reveal them to us, God, don't let us be complacent. If it's anger, God, I pray, God, that you reveal it to us, God, and we work on it. God, if it's pride, God, reveal it to us, God, and cause it. If it's lust, God, reveal it to us, God, and cause it. If it's addiction, God, reveal it to us, God, and let us not be complacent. This is a people, God, standing before you, God, as a living sacrifice, presenting ourselves to us. God, put us on the altar. Burn us and consume everything that is not life. God, we want to be a reflection of you. Many of us, God, have gone out into the world serving as a poor representation of you. Forgive us, God, we pray. 
God, we cussed some folk out. We lied on folk. We slandered folk name, God. God, we were not as kind as we should have been. God, forgive us for not being good representations of you. We, you sent us out, God, as your ambassadors. Somebody said, no, they can't be from God. Forgive us, God, in your prayer. Help us, God, to represent you in a way, God, that mirrors and reflects sanctification. And God, we pray now, God, we pray, God, that we be more like you. Because we need to be received by you, let every prayer, God, let every request, let every pursuit of you be received by you. For you receive holiness. You said, let no flesh glory in our presence. Anything that is not like you, God, can be in your presence. So God, help us, God, to be received by you. For you have a people, God. God, this season in which we're in, God, I'm speaking for myself. We don't know where to turn. The economy is everywhere. We don't know what our politicians are doing, God. It seems like somebody is losing their life day by day. And we want to know how to navigate this season. Give us your revelation, God. We don't need a prophet. We don't need a bishop. We don't need anything other than your will to be revealed unto your people. Keep us in your will, for we need your revelation. Every believer that wants to be sanctified, holy. And somebody say, I'm just going to at least try. If that's you this morning, say, thank God. And amen. Give God a hand clap of praise. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I think the good news, y'all, is that all I got to do is try. Someone say, all you got to do is try. And the Bible says, God is pleased. Somebody might be saying this morning, I have never given my life to Christ. I don't know anything about being in the will of God because I'm really outside the will of God. I'm not his seed. I've never given my life to Christ. If that's you this morning, just slip up your hand. I want to give my life to Christ. If that's not you, you may be watching online. I want to give my life to Christ. If that's you, send us a message. Say, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to be his seed. I want to be in his will. And let me pray for this one. Father, we thank you. It may not be anyone in this house, God, but you've touched somebody because of this word to give their life to Christ. As the song is declaring, even now, God, they said yes. And for that, we say thank you. They've declared, God, that they're a sinner in need of a Savior. That Savior is Jesus Christ. And God, the Bible says that even the demons believe. So God, they're saying that they're going to allow you now to lord over their life. And for that, God, we say thank you. You said if we confess with our mouths and believe in our heart, we can be saved. Thank you, God, for this one that is saved. Now I pray, God, that they know that your word declares that anyone that is in the hand of the Father, no man can snatch away. Thank you, God, for salvation that is secure. Send them to a church, preaches and teaches the word that is led by your spirit, that is lorded over by your spirit, God, we pray. That can disciple them, God, that can push them and encourage them into the things of God. And God, your word declares, God, that when one come, heaven rejoices. So we rejoice with heaven. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise. Okay. <laughs>